Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew Jarrett and Nick Cooper. Today, we're joined by Jeffrey St. Aramond, a Brooklyn native and a three-time national-level Emmy winner. Jeffrey holds a bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism from Florida A&M University. He's fluent in French and exceptionally well-traveled. His interests include working out, going to museums, and spending time with family. Jeffrey is an award-winning sports television producer and leading partner of the successful Trisha Lee team with over 300 million in sales. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. That's uh, thanks for reading that uh that bio there. I almost impressed myself. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, great to have you on. Could you give us a little bit of background, kind of how you went from, you know, your story television, you know, now into currently real estate? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, you know, people always ask about that transition, like, how, where's the parallel? But, you know, essentially in television, you're you're a storyteller, you're producing. Um, and that's, you know, if you really look at it, that's the, the genesis of what it is in real estate. You're storytelling, uh, whether it be you're selling a property. Um, or uh, you're, you're producing the entire transaction from soup to nuts. And, and that's where the parallel lies. But, you know, when I was in, in television, I always had interest in, in real estate. Um, and, and in fact, there were times when I, I got my license and I was in edit rooms and actually uh, working on deals and, you know, trying to broker deals, which was we were doing just before we got on here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, with the direction of where television was going, knowing that, you know, I was a uh, what's called a permalancer. So you go, okay. I worked for CBS, NBC, TNT, um, and you get paid considerably more than staff people. And, you know, knowing the corporate world and, and where they are, they want to try to, you know, I wouldn't say the fat, not cut the fat, but just, you know, actually have younger people, newer people, um, less experienced and, and pay them less. So knowing that, I was like, this may be the right time. And it was after the initial recession, not initial, but the previous recession. So that was a good time then. And, you know, I decided to jump in all the way. And, you know, one thing that I think is really important uh, that helped with the transition for me is really um, having having great coaches because I wanted to have the same level of success that I had in television and have that in real estate. So I immediately, um, you know, invested in some great coaching. Uh, everyone from, you know, Tom Ferry, um, Buffini, um, Ninja Selling, and even here now, what we're doing at at, at Sirhan with a seller like Sirhan, and um, doing that, and, and now I'm actually um, one of the, uh, I guess you would say, uh, I guess uh, a speaker at, at the event, and working with a lot of people who are doing the same thing. So, um, and then also once I ultimately got into the real estate space, you know, I'm a big follower of Gary V, and mm -hmm. you know, he was a, a big proponent of content, content, content. I thought to myself, well, I'm always behind the camera. Now I'll just reverse the roles, be in front of the camera and, and use great content to really um, propel what it is that I'm selling. And I think that was the way of bringing in both worlds. And that's how it really worked, because oftentimes people are wondering, well, geez, how do you go from going to a Super Bowl to, you know, um, walking, doing a, a, a final walkthrough and, in, in, you know, at a great property. So that's where the uh, the similarities were and and. And I think it's it's led to um, great success. No, I think that's a, a great answer. I kind of want to peel back a bit. You mentioned about the storytelling aspect mm -hmm. of how you do things. How does the story sell? Like, 
what you're doing? Like, what is, what is that aspect of it? You know, I've, there's a saying there that facts tell and stories sell, like people mm-hmm. buy a lot with emotions, not with facts. So can you kind of expand upon that? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times, well, on I'll go in two directions. One, when it comes to a property that needs uh, work, people don't really have the vision. So they need someone to really give them the vision on how how they will ultimately, how the home will ultimately feel and how they can see themselves there as a, as a future homeowner. That's one piece of it. Now, separately, when you have a, you know, trophy property um, and, you know, people, and I would say this, people just don't buy the property, they buy into the neighborhood. And so that's what we really look to sell. So you can envision yourself going to the great restaurants, going to the great parks, you know, seeing the great detail of, of details of, of the property. So once, and, and quite frankly, that's happened, I want to say two times last year in a, um, a piece, uh, a property that I was, that I was selling, we did a great, two great videos and the seller, the ultimate buyer came in because of the video. And they said, when I saw this and I saw this neighborhood and I saw this great place, I knew that this was my home. So it's something that is really effective because a lot of times people don't have the vision. And so they need to see themselves enjoying the property, see their family there. And oftentimes they may bring in some some extras and and have kids playing or running through the property. One time I featured my daughter and her friend in the property. So detailing the, the rooms and everything. So people really can see themselves there. And that's how it really helps. That's how it really helps. No, I think that's a, a great a great way of explaining it is that you you have to help paint that picture because a lot of folks, especially they're buying, don't have that vision. So that's yeah. where you come along as the storyteller. So thanks for that. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. A location plays a big role. You know, when we look for multifamily buildings, we're looking for that stuff too. You know, how far is it to grocery stores, to Starbucks, you know, what's around there for our, for our tenants. So that's, a, that's a great point. And, and to that point, you know, and I'll pivot a little bit when it when it pertains to, you know, developers that I work with, it's the same thing. Like, you know, a lot of developers, they do they they do their own due diligence and they I would say think sometimes they think they know their neighborhoods. But I know with whether it be other properties I've sold or buyers that are going out, you know, you may have a hot neighborhood, you know, in location A, but just adjacent location B or C is going to be just as hot. And it may not be the same inventory, but if you as a developer do the same, the, the your quality of renovation, and you can bring that buyer out and you let them know, hey, you have all the same resources here. You have the great parks here. You know, this may be a different price point that you're priced out of, but here's the next neighborhood. And then you can start to set the uh, the price points there. And I've done that in a few neighborhoods um, that, you know, that, that really weren't that hot. And then as people were started to really expand their 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 latitude of where they want to live and say hey this this is something i'd consider so it, it all it also works with you know end users and developers as well hey everyone hope you're enjoying this episode are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential send me an email at andrew at jarrettcapital.com and take your life and business to all new levels that's andrew at j a r r E-T-T capital.com. What can somebody do to kind of get that deep market research? Do you have any things that you look for, you know, for developers that are like key indicators that you want to develop there? Or what, you know, what, what can you share with that? I think what one thing I always tell people when you see a Starbucks popping up, you know, that's a pretty good sign. That's the <laughs> number one. But no, I mean, for me, you really start to typically what happens first is the commercial corridor starts to change 
And that's a pretty good indication of what's going to happen in the neighborhood. Because, um, you know, initially the buyers come first and then the renters come. So mm -hmm. as a developer, you're thinking, OK, where do I want to go that I'm seeing, you know, the commercial um, the, the commercial corridor changing a little bit. We're close to transportation because that's really key in New York, um, relatively close to transportation. Um, you know, you have some parks and stuff of that nature there. You know, th those are the small things. And, and the one thing that someone told me a long time ago that I think is, was really a great, a great gem. When here in New York, we have a great, you know, transit system. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't draw, I don't take the train as much now, but in the past, I would take the train all the time. So whenever I start to see um, like younger, I guess back then we Gen Z or whatever generation folks coming off on one stop. When I see that, I go to the, the next two stops. I know those are going to be the next hot spots. Hmm. So then I'll get off on the two stops from later and start to check out the neighborhoods there because those renters, the where they are right now, those price points are going to increase and then they're going to need to move someplace else. I mean, I've seen this happen in New York. Like there, there's a place, you know, you guys may not, may not resonate with you, but in, in Brooklyn, you know, there's a uh, Fort Greene was like really the hot artsy area, Clinton Hill. And over the course of, you know, five to 10 years, all of those and everyone there were renters. All of those renters were priced out. So then they had to then move to Bed-Stuy. And then Bed-Stuy became the artsy, you know, freelance creative space. So seeing those things and, and that's that's the type of insight that I provide um, and any good broker should provide to the developer because, yeah, they have their 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 boots on the ground, but they're not really there and really know what's going on in the streets. And that's that's the insight. That's what I look to provide. Okay. I think uh, it's great insight of how you, you put that all together, you know, putting the point A to point Z and all those spaces in between. How now kind of shifting gears a bit, how do you, uh, what are you working on right now? As far as what's it's, it's obviously when we're talking right now, it's March of 23. It's not mm -hmm. March of 22. So what's working for you now, as far as putting deals together? I think what's 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 critically important is aligning. Okay. Let's say on the, on the listing side, what's critically important is aligning yourself with great mortgage brokers that really have creative financing solutions because, you know, and, and, and I'll break this down to various price points. So if you're, and I have to put an asterisk here because when I talk about affordability and I talk about New York, it's almost insulting to say when you're like under a million dollars, when something at 900,000, that's, that deems to be more affordable in other places, that's a mansion. So uh, a 900,000 price point property, those type of buyers, uh, I would say actually up to maybe 2 million, those type of buyers are directly impacted by interest rates. Um, you know, that, that where are we at now on a hinge of like 6%. I mean, it's always hovering up and down. Maybe we're back down to five, hopefully soon. So as a result of that, you have to have mortgage brokers that could educate these buyers on, you know, five, seven, 10 year arms, interest only, 15 years, 15 year uh, mortgage, rather a 30 year, buying down points. Like, so all that information is critical. That's what's really helpful now. And then when you go up to the, you know, the luxury market, that's like 4 million or higher, uh, those buyers aren't necessarily affected by it. So it's really the product and the location. And then it all goes back to what we talked about before, the storytelling. You know, and that's what's really important for for those buyers to see themselves um, in the property. And most importantly, you know, we have the volatility of the stock market right now. 
And in New York, there's one thing that remains the same is that I'd, I'd much rather, and, and a lot of investors are that way or this way, they'd rather have their money in a, in a real property as opposed to the fluctuation, you know, that's happening in, in, in the, in, in wall street. And they know over the course of a long term, if you give a quality property in a quality location, you're definitely going to get the appreciation there. So um, that's really, that that's, what's really been working with me is, you know, mortgage brokers, creative financing, and uh, I hate to say, use the term trophy, but trophy properties that really attract buyers that are looking for an investment piece that's safer than, than the stock market. Yep. I totally agree with you. We, we prefer to have our money in real estate as well. Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. <doubt> about that. <laughs> well, good thing no one here is talking crypto because that could be, <laughs> that could be a little problematic. <laughs> Now you also invest in real estate as well as sell. Uh, we were talking before the show. You have some Airbnb properties. Uh, what do those investments look like, and you know how those how those come together? I mean, a lot of those came about because of me being in the field, and and it is oftentimes you know what I think is one misstep that a lot of uh, real estate agents and brokers do is not really moving aggressively on something that they know there's a great deal. You know, if and even if you don't have the financial wherewithal yourself, you know, use use that sweat equity. You know, bring people in and and they could be a part of the investment group to purchase the property. So what happened with me is I saw a great property. Uh, actually, it was my my wife that's that's now I'm on her team. Um, she found a great property. So hey, we should we should just move on this, and that's how we found our first Airbnb. And then obviously there was some work involved. We had to do some some underpinning in the in the lower level to really get the ceiling heights going. So we did that and, and did some renovation, and and that's paying off. And then there was another property that that a uh, a client reached out to me about that their you know their dad was a little bit over their head and and wanted to take on a, a renovation job, and he was much older and should just be you know back in San Diego relaxing as opposed to trying to be a a, a, a general you know oversee the whole product. So I, I jumped on that and, and that became another great, a great property. So I think that's really how I, when, whenever I hear anything, you know, yeah, I reach out to my developers as well, but if it's something I think is a really a great deal, I, I jump on it. I jump on it myself. And one other thing that I also do, uh, because I'm around a lot of uh, high net worth clients, you know, oftentimes I have relationships with developers that really do ground up development. And they're looking for, you know, investors. And so they may give me a, a stake of a share and say, you know what, Jeff, you go and find, and they just all, you just deal with them directly and I'll deal with you, but you bring people in and, you know, whatever you want to divvy that amount, you know, for each slice to them, that's fine, but I'll give you this portion and you take care of that. And then that's where I can bring something. And then also that brings great add value to the developers that want to invest. And these are people that I, I trusted, um, you know, contract not contractors, trusted uh, and developers that are doing these projects that I know, you know, obviously we have pro formas and we present all that and I'll show what the return and the timeline is going to be. And, you know, that's a great way of, of, of having myself involved. And I, if I don't want too much skin in the game, but getting other people involved as well. Sure. That's a good, it's a good point. It's like always bringing value, you know, always bring value to the equation. It doesn't have to always be capital. And a lot of times, like you mentioned, like it sounds like connections for you, there's a lot of value that you provide, not just the capital. Uh, just rewinding back a little bit, what is a good deal for you like right now in this market? Like, what are you kind of looking for as far as like returns, like high level? 
I mean, we're looking for, really, it depends on how the big factor for me is the the turnaround time and how long, you know, we have to, the renovation time, how long is that going to be, you know, and, and I'm not certain how it works in your market, but for us, you know, we have Department of Buildings, which has slowed things down with permits and with everything else. So we're looking for projects that's what, what I'll call like an alt, an alt two, which is just changing the existing, the existing, um, Layout. If it's a two-family, leaving is a two-family, so that way we don't have a lot of work to do. Um, you can turn around quickly and looking for at least, I would say, uh, at the minimum, two to three hundred thousand dollar return um, after closing and everything else. So that that's that's really what 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 we're looking for. Um, that's a lot of what the developers I'm working with look for as well. Um, and then you know, every once in a while, you get you hit a home run and you find something where. You know, you have a, a pretty low acquisition cost. I mean, um, yeah, and 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 you know, once you you do the renovation, that it can get you know up to five six hundred thousand dollar return. Um, so that that's those are the those are the grand slams. But you know, I always tell the same thing. I tell you know buyers that I work with, investors that I work with, you don't have to hit a home run every time. You know, uh, some good solid singles, a couple of doubles, a triple here and there, and you get three or four homers throughout the year. That that's that, that, that's those are good numbers. You have stuff at the plate. You're not going to exactly. not going to put in you know runs on the board unless you go up to the plate and do it. And a lot of folks I think out there are paralyzed with like, oh, how do I do this? How do I start? So going back to you mentioned in the beginning about coaching, mm -hmm. how does that affect you in a mentorship? I mean that that was pivotal. That was pivotal because you know I came in and I and I'll say this to anyone else here that's that's watching and listening. That might be new in it to the to the industry. I came in having a general understanding of the process, but really not knowing it well. Um, and I think, especially now, you know, as an agent, your your knowledge and your add value that you provide is not you know chauffeuring people around to different properties or at all. You know, it what really comes in is is the number one, making sure that that client understands the transaction in and out. And that's really what what the the coaching process helped me with, um, and and the add value that you brought. Because right now consumers can they can they really don't do they really need agents because they can get all the information online. But how do you decipher what's really important? There's almost too much information, and so with the coaching that really helped me to determine like what's really relevant, what's really important, and and then separately really looking inward at myself, it allowed me to create systems. I think systems are the most important things because once you have those systems in place, it's all about, because frankly, you guys, are, you guys are say this you know, more than I will. Like this isn't, this isn't brain surgery, what we're doing here. You know, it's just a matter of understanding the formulas, under, having your systems in place and being able to pop in everything and determine if does this work for me or not. And, but the key thing is having those systems in place and coaching was really important in helping me to really establish that. And I think it was, it was pivotal in, in my growth. No, I think that's expanding upon that is that you are paying for someone else's mistakes. So you were either going to pay a coach or a mentor to shortcut your, your timeline to get to that A to Z, skip a few of those letters on the way, or you're going to pay in the streets where it's a lot more expensive. Absolutely. And, and I tell people that all the time, all it does, it just, you know, expedites that learning curve. And that, and that's the, that's the whole reason why I did it because I knew at a learning curve coming in, 
but I also knew I had a skill set that was different from everyone else. So, uh, and that, and, and to bring it back to Sirhan, that's why it was important to come here because coming here, you know, we have, uh, in the, I'm in our, our, our um, podcast studio, we have a full studios team, you know, that able to help me execute these things and the caliber of that. And so it was just a matter of, of expediting that learning curve and these great coaches. I mean, look, if if Michael Jordan and LeBron James, LeBron James have coaches outside of the regular coaches that they have on their team, right. I mean, I think I could I could definitely <laughs> afford some additional help on my own. So that that's the way I really looked at it. No, I think it's it's very important to keep in mind that there's so much noise out there. And I think mm -hmm. there's so much like all the stuff is out there on YouTube. Can you find it all? Yes, but which one should you follow? And exactly. how do you replicate that? And I think like you made a great point there. Like Michael Jordan has a coach. Tiger Woods has, has a swing coach. Like mm -hmm. all folks are not just like, I'm an expert. I stop. No, they're, they have coach. They're there because of that, that high level coaching. And the thing that's really important, not only having the high level, high level coaching, but making sure that you're a coachable. That's, mm -hmm. that's the key yeah. because not being coachable, you could hear something every day. And, and until you, you know, bumping your head against the wall and until you, you know, have that huge issue where you realize, shit, I should really work on my CRM or I should really, you know, reaching out to people constantly, let them know what, what I'm doing, where are my newsletters, where, you know, certain things that, that they seem so redundant and so tiresome, but it, you know, it works and it's been proven. So why try to reinvent the wheel? You may want to tweak the wheel a little bit, but don't reinvent it. You know, everyone's gone through it. So save yourself the heartache and, and listen to the, the mentor or the coach that you have. Yeah, Jeff, that's that's the knowledge bomb dropped right there. The gold nugget was be teachable. Mm -hmm. I think that's something for everyone to keep in mind is, hey, you read all these books, right? Did you take any action on these things that you learned, these concepts? Because if you did not, this was just really bad entertainment. You may right. just watch Netflix. Like, hey, you read this great book. Did you do anything with it? Did you do the exercises? No, then why did you waste your time doing it? And the same with what you said as far as your mentor is telling you to do something. If you didn't do it, then why are you paying for this? Yeah, completely. And and that's why I always I'm always leery when someone says, Oh, I did, you know, I took, you know, this, 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 this class from this guy, he was awful, or you know, this didn't work. You really gotta, you know, you gotta look in the mirror and see, are you really committed to doing the work? The results will come if you commit to doing the work. And and, and I'll say this, they're not going to come right away. If you're looking for like instant success, wrong industry, it's not happening. But if you, you know, deal with the ebbs and flows and you know you have your systems in place and it's just a matter of time. It, and then when it comes, it's like the faucet that opens up and it's all it's going to all come pouring in. So you just have to be prepared for that. And, and that's really one thing I really got from all the coaching and and it's really it's really led to some good things and hopefully even better things in the future. Yeah. And you brought the baseball analogy is, is like if you're one of the best hitters, you hit three out of 10 balls. Exactly. Right. So exactly. this is not you hit 10 out of 10. This is three out of 10. And this is business. It is a lot about numbers and getting up to that plate and taking those swings. No, I, I couldn't listen. And and not and and the other thing, you know, staying on that baseball analogy piece, <laughs> when you get to the plate. You want to start taking some swings. Don't don't sit there and take all the fastballs and get struck out. You know, you, you want to make some contact. And so and, and in this market, what's happening now, and you mentioned it earlier, in this market, people are just, you know, they have that 
paralysis and they're not doing anything. And so, oh, interest rates are too high. Well, we're going to wait for them to go down so that everyone else that's been on the sidelines and to come in and you overpay for the property. Right. So it's like, what can you do right now to take those swings, to take advantage of the quote unquote downturn? Because whenever there's downturn, there's always opportunity. And that that's one thing that I tell people all the time. You can wait. Yeah, sure. Wait. And then we'll we'll talk months later and you'll see or, you know, six months from now, you'll see what happens when everyone else has been waiting is ready to go. So it's like you just got to be aggressive when the opportunity presents itself. So if I'm a new investor now, what was your one piece of advice say? What would it be to me if as a new investor? As a new investor, I'd say hey now I'm March 2023. How would you say what I should do? You should, there's a lot of, you know, and with investors, it's always a little, little tricky because there are a lot of people that are in, in dicey situations right now because of, you know, the past that we've had, but a lot of people want to get out of those situations. And right now you can be very aggressive as, as an investor, but what's key is to determine when you're doing your numbers to be very conservative on your projections, because, you know, right now, if you're being too aggressive and you list something too high and you're and you're you're anticipating and you spent a lot of money in in your renovation costs, look expecting a big return, but yet the market is telling you you know otherwise, you need to consider how much you're gonna put into your renovation and what are you looking at at, at your price point for your return. Because yes, you can be aggressive, but know that return is not gonna be what you anticipated is in these current terms, in these current times. And you know, we don't have crystal balls, so I'd rather be conservative now and beat that number until we're in a place where we're definitely on the other side. And then we could be a little bit more aggressive. But for my investors, I'll tell them, look, look for those great properties and and let's start, you know, let, let's let's start and have stuff in that pipeline to be ready to go. You know, and, and that's what's been happening for, you know, right now on both the investor piece and even, you know, buyers and everyone else, you know, people are being aggressive because they know the opportunities right now. And so when the market, you're, it's best to be prepared for now. So when the market shifts, you already have your inventory out as an investor, as opposed to trying to play catch up, you know, in, in six months, hopefully, you know, wishfully thinking six months from now when interest rates stabilize and and we're at a 5% or, and I think that hopefully is the norm, 5% in the, in the near future. Yeah, you time the bottom, you're going to miss it. Everyone yeah. else making offers. So it's like you can offer on the down and the up. So if the deal makes sense now with the current interest rates, you offer on it. Yeah, absolutely. But you make sure you can offer on that and it can weather this storm. And the one thing you said that's really that that really resonated when you said time the market, that's a that's a problem. Too many people are efforting to try to time the market. And that's the worst thing. You can't time the market. No. Because had, you just simply no. can't. You know, who who knew COVID was coming? You you right. can't. Every guru that you follow has been 100 percent wrong on most of the predictions. You know, yeah. no one predicted that this interest rates that would happen like this. Right. So <laughs> if this deal makes sense right now in this market, make an offer. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't get the same level of return, you know, as an investor, that's okay. You want to keep you want to keep your crew busy. You want to keep them active. You want to have another, you know, you know, have another property going. And maybe, you know, you don't have the great year that you had last year, but you know, you maintain, you weather through this. And then when the market shifts, then you're you're ready to go. Yep. Yeah, keep hitting those singles, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick and I, I mean, we're excited with the market now because you make your money, the most money in a downturn. So we're, you know, we're excited for the deals that are coming. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yep. 
absolutely. I'm, I'm, you and I both from, you know, our mouths to God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> so we got one more question for you, then we'll get into our okay. five to thrive. So it's the passive road to retirement. So we always ask, what is your advice? What would be your number one uh, recommendation for someone to build a passive income stream? I mean, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy on the wrong podcast that you, you know, my answer, my answer is going to be real estate. You know, my, my answer is going to be invest in real estate because you can always pull the equity out. There's going to be equity there. You can always pull the equity out for whatever emergency and or, you know, college fund or retirement fund, whatever it is. And then, you know, if you really want to build, you know, some real wealth, you get multifamily complexes. And and the other thing is don't, you know, and, and I say this a lot to New York investors in New York, um, high net wealth people who are looking to try to invest, step outside of your own comfort zone, step outside of that, your market, because there are other markets where that money could, could, you know, expand so much more like, Go down. We're in New York. Go down south. Go to Philadelphia. There's great places in Philadelphia where prices are so much less. You know, obviously you have Florida, different, and not everyone needs to go to Miami. You know, just south in you know Orlando, Brevard County. There are other little pockets where there could be tremendous return. Go to places like you know, staying in Florida for a minute, Tallahassee. You have two huge universities in Tallahassee, Florida A&M that I attended, Florida State. I have friends that are, you know, that have purchased a bunch, you know, a bunch of complexes for dorms. That's going to be passive income forever. Kids are going to always need a place to stay and don't want to be in the dorms. So just think about that. I mean, I know everyone knows, you know, wants to do the traditional route of 401ks or 201ks or whatever it is, but you know, that's great, but you you you're not going to find any type of real long-term wealth that way. You Music know? to our ears, I'll tell you that. Exactly. That's what I said. Question. We're in this room. This is what we're talking about. That's it. That's right. Exactly. That's it. Jeffrey, if people want to reach out to you, how do they contact you? Well, you can reach me a few ways. Um, I'm on uh, LinkedIn uh, at Jeffrey St. Araman. I'm on Instagram at JSA underscore sells NYC. I think I'm just about to break the 100 hundred K mark, which was a big, a big thing for me. Um, All right. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm not on TikTok, but I need to be, but my, my team's on TikTok. Um, and then you can always email me directly at J S A at Serhant S E R H A N T.com. Great. So five to thrive. This is our, you know, rapid fire question. Uh, so I can ask you five words right in a row and just give us the first word or phrase that comes to mind. The only caveat, you cannot repeat your answer twice. Okay. All right. All right. Let's First do it. One, real estate. Wealth. Sales skill. Learned. Mm -hmm. Networking. And this isn't one word, but you can say phrase. Yeah, you can say okay. phrase. Necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> negotiation this is going to sound a little cliche but never split the difference great book awesome. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeffrey St. Aramon um, 
focused family and finisher. I try to do give you a little alliteration there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Triple <laughs> F, baby. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Jeffrey, it was great to have you on. Appreciate you being here. No, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was, you know, hopefully other people will get some good, good nuggets out of it because I think, um, you know, this is the opportunity here. This is in these markets, as we all said before, in down markets is when you have the opportunity to really get some more market share and to lend, your, lend, lend itself to that, that wealth that we talked about. 100%.